Hey everybody, this is Devin Boker, and this is The Wildlife. That to me, that is the song of summer. It's the sound that tells me winter is finally over, spring is in full swing, and that I can finally, finally put away my coat and spend the next few months in a constant state of blissful denial about the heat, humidity, and sometimes swampy cargo shorts as I sit next to an evening bonfire entranced by the flames as I'm bombarded by the littlest of jerks, black flies, and and millions and millions of mosquitoes. Ah, summer. Don't get me wrong, I love summer, but you have to admit that it's kind of like when you wash a new hoodie that is super comfortable and then you put it back on and it's all scratchy inside, or like when you take a sip of your coffee and it's ice cold or or worse, it's actually soy sauce. Anyway, each year here in Minnesota, I know I can look forward to the same cycle. Well, not to be a negative Nance, but global amphibian populations are on a massive decline, so maybe that cycle won't be as predictable in the future. Something we covered in depth in a previous episode called Canary in the Coal Mine, by the way. But for now, at least, it goes a little something like this. First are the wood frogs and the boreal forest frogs. Then the spring peepers and the northern leopard frogs. The pickerel frog joins the opera along with the American toad. And then a shuffling on the stage occurs and the singers are replaced like David Lee Roth. And you have the Canadian toad, the great plains toad, the gray tree frog, the coast gray tree frog, and the northern cricket frog all getting busy like Sean Paul belting their ballads for the next few weeks before the mink frog, the green frog, that sounds like a banjo, by the way, and the bullfrog. Fourteen species of toads and frogs grouped into three families, toads, tree frogs, and true frogs. Just as a fun fact, there are just over 4,000 amphibian species globally. Wait a second, Minnesota gets crazy cold, like throw boiling water in the air to make steam or a trip to the emergency room cold, or like shallow lakes and wetlands freezing solid cold. So how in the froggy hell do they survive the winter? I barely survive the winter. They have no fur, no heaters, no Netflix to binge watch The Office and pass the time, no hot cocoa, no sweatpants. Oh my God, can you imagine a frog in sweatpants? That'd be, like, the best. But seriously, how do they drink and breathe and eat and avoid frostbite? Over thousands of years, Minnesota's toads and frogs have adapted to survive the extreme variation in conditions here. It's what life does. You know, the Jeff Goldblum quote, life uh, finds a way. The toads, the American, Canadian, Great Plains, they're excellent burrowers. And they dig below the frost line before going into a hibernation-like type of dormancy. If the frost line begins to creep deeper, so do they. But wood frogs, which are the only frogs found north of the Arctic Circle, by the way, uh, and boreal or western chorus frogs, the spring peeper, the gray and copse gray tree frogs, they're well suited to a cold climate. They spend their winters on land burrowed in the leaves that fell in the fall or under a thin layer of mud. They stop breathing, their hearts stop beating, and they begin to freeze. Crystals begin to form within their hibernating bodies, 
as the water converts to ice. But why doesn't that kill them? It would kill me. The secret? Antifreeze. As winter begins, their liver begins to produce high amounts of glucose, which finds its way into the cells. See, they possess these nucleating proteins, which basically freeze all the water outside of the cells before the other freezing begins. And that glucose finds its way inside of the cells, creating what's basically like a gusher, just a sugary, syrup-filled cell that protects them from freezing or bursting. Many of these frogs can survive upwards of 80% of their bodies being completely frozen solid. I recently had someone on a hike that I was co-leading tell me that one winter their dog came in with a frog that was just like a brick, and they didn't know where they got it from, assumed they dug it up from under the snow or whatever, thought it was dead, threw it away. Well, I had to break the unfortunate news that no, that frog was very much alive, just frozen. When it comes to frogs like the leopard frog and the American bullfrog and some of the others, they spend their winters hibernating underwater. But where underwater? Do they dig down? Not quite. The thing about frogs, amphibians rather, is that they have highly permeable skin, meaning they absorb their environment like a sponge, which is partly why they are so susceptible to pollutants. They absorb water through their skin, meaning they never have to drink, and these frogs spend their winter in oxygen-rich waters, breathing through absorption, lying just on top of the mud or only just partially buried. When spring comes with warmer weather, their hearts begin to beat. They begin to shake out their limbs, thaw, almost as if nothing ever happened. Within a matter of minutes, the glaze on their eyes disappears. They might be a little rigid. They might be a little slow moving at first. But it's only a matter of time before they start singing. While it may be a short one today, it doesn't make it any less fascinating. Remember, The Wildlife is listener and reader supported. You can support us too by going to thewildlife.com Patreon. If you already do, thank you so much. We literally could not do this without you. Like, I, I can't even begin to express to you how much we love you and how thankful we are. If you are on the fence, if you're kind of tiptoeing around the idea, uh, let you in on a secret. We are updating what our different reward levels are. And let me tell you, it's about to be very much focused on community and about giving and uh, uh, consistent, consistent rewards and um, just very personal stuff, very personal stuff. That's what we're about here. We want to build a community of people who want to get to know nature and science and the outdoors and want to want to get out there and see things and, and, and learn and connect with each other in the process. So everything that we are doing is about is about community and we're really excited for you to see what those things are. Okay, until next time, this has been Devin Boker and this is The Wildlife.